Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Bond with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. And here with me this morning is... Terry Shaw. You know what's interesting, Pastor Terry? Because uh, Pastor Terry's got this low voice. And, you know, I'm kind of a high tenor. When I go back and do the, the editing, sometimes I have to actually amplify your portion because it picks up the low tones. And so I have to juice you up a little bit. So that's why it's teasing when he introduced himself as Pastor Terry Shaw. He's from the Midwest, so I got that little, a little, that little southern thing. I'll, I'll kind of helps me to get recorded a little bit better. You know, I have to translate it to people later because I'll throw a little bit of that in. But good to have you this morning. Go ahead. What were you going to say? <laughs> pass. He's going to pass this morning. But good to, good to have you with us this morning as well as we're here with a study in the Word of God. If you're joining us for the very first time, which you're a little late. No, actually, we're on we're, we're on class number one hundred. What is it? One hundred nine today in the book of the, of the book of Romans. Actually, you're not late. You're right on time for this one because probably this is the the God appointed time for you to hear what God wants you to to have this morning. So we're good to have you. Good, uh, good to have you. You're good to be here. We're glad to have you. But if you're here for the very first time, you can actually go to our website at www.biggrace.com and click on Raven Magazine and get the daily classes. The last two, I had some problem uploading them, but they should be there available with this one today as well. Classes, what, would that be 107, 108, and 109 should be available by going to biggrace.com and clicking uh, Raven Magazine. Brother, I tell you what, being a believer is pretty good. You know, I, I can't remember, you know, what it was like being a miserable unbeliever. But I think about people that are walking in the flesh thinking they're having such a good time. You know, I can get up in the morning without a hangover. You know, I can get up in the morning without regret, thinking, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I can, I can wake up every morning and say that this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'm going to be uh, glad and rejoice in it. Rise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. And so uh, it's good to serve Jesus. And I encourage you, if you're, if you're tuning in with us for the very first time and you do not know the, know the Lord Jesus Christ, all those presuppositions you got, all that dead, tired religion that burns you out, that all that stuff that you saw that uh, talked a good game but did not deliver, throw all that out the window because we're not about that. We believe in the First Thessalonians one five that our gospel came not in word only, but in power and in demonstration of the Holy Spirit with much assurance that you might know what manner of men that we are. We believe in walking out what the Word of God says, not being good about talking about it for an hour and a half on Sunday, but living those things and allowing God to change and transform us on a daily basis. So. If you have only been introduced to a dead Jesus, i got news for you. He is alive and He is well. He is seated upon a throne of glory and He's not scooting over for anyone. And you know what, brother? He never inquires of me about my opinion, whether or not He's real or whether He exists. He is the self-existent one. He is God all by Himself. But the good news is He loved us so much that He gave His Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish, would not have to live that mundane dead life and go to hell but could have everlasting life. And so that's what we're here today. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus, to glorify His name, and to study His Word. That way we can know Him in a greater and more intimate way. This is an outreach ministry, through the, obviously through SITCAM and, and through our, our subsequent embedded uh, websites and uh, in delayed broadcast of Raven Ministries International. If you want to know more about Raven Ministries, you can also go to the website, biggrace.com. Look at it. See what it's all about. If you're in one of the areas... Uh, one of where one of our teams are, and you'll also click on Raven Nation down there and see that. We'd, we'd love to get to know you. If you need prayer, if you have any uh, needs that we could help you with and whatever else, if you're struggling in an area of your life, we would be glad to, to stand with you in agreement and believe Jesus for you. If, you're, if you, you're doing something in your area and you're a believer, we'd love to get involved with you. If you need some help, if we can stand with you in faith or, or lend some type of support, that's what we're here for as well. We believe in being the body of Christ, supplying the need of the other. This is just our little piece of the pie and something that we can offer and in hope that it becomes a blessing to you. But you can look on there today if you're with us live and, and see past people like Pastor Meredith and Pastor Sam, Raven Amarillo, that's uh, 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 Pastor Don Dykes, and these guys are, are with us. And uh, see who else we got on here, Pastor Craig right here in the Daytona Beach area and, and whoever else is on there. But you can go through our Raven website and get some of those names and telephone numbers. We'd be glad to, to, to meet you and to see what God's doing. If we can pray with you and believe Jesus for you, we would love to do that as well. So here we are, Raven Institute. Class number 109. Pastor Terry, why don't you open us in prayer this morning? Pray for the sick. Specifically, we've got a prayer request from uh, uh, Shane Patterson there in, in, in Texas. Her uh, brother-in-law, Paul, who was a member of my church when I pastored in Texas, Paul and Shy, been having some pretty serious health issues. And so remember him specifically by name today as we just believe for his healing. And if you're with us today, we'll, we'll keep these chat lines open for about the next 30 seconds as Pastor Terry's praying. And we'll pray if you have any physical needs for that. But we want God's blessing to, uh, to, to really just uh, 
uh, open the Word of God up to us, to ignite that passion for the Word of God, to instruct us in some things, give us some tools and, uh, and in that, but to also see lives changed because the Word of God has promised that, that because of His stripes we can be healed. So open us up in prayer this morning, brother, and we'll dive into the Word of God. Father, we praise You so much, Father. We thank You for this day, Father. And Father, right now we do lift Paul up to You, Father. And Father, whatever... Sickness is in his body, Father. We just ask yes. for healing, Father, from the top of his head to the tip of his toes, Father, that he'll be completely restored, Father. And, Father, anyone else that's going through any kind of physical or uh, any kind of sickness, disease, Father, we just ask for healing in their bodies also, Father. And, and Father, this is the time of the year, Father, that uh, depression is something yes, that comes right. in, Father. And, Father, right. we just lift up all those who are, that are going through depression at all, Father, or are just confusing in their minds, Father. But, uh, Father, we we know that your word says that the joy of the Lord is our strength, Father. That's we right. just ask, Father, that you help us to, to keep that in mind, Father. And I know, Father, for myself, I need, to, I need to keep that in mind through different trials that I go through. And, and Father... We lift up all those in in Pakistan, India, Pac- in Africa, in Africa yeah. Father, that uh, that are tuned into this, Father, and we just ask, Father, for blessings on their life, Father. Help us to absorb Your Word today, Father, and help us to be doers of the Word and not mere listeners, Father. We thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. amen and amen. I don't know why I can't remember the three three countries. <laughs> we got the reason mentions those. If you're tuned in, we have pastors that are in. Uh, uh, Pakistan and uh, India, India and Africa that uh, tune in and they utilize these classes for their indigenous Bible classes. And so uh, hopefully we can be there maybe 2008 or just as soon as God uh, allows us to do that to actually go there and do some of these live from India, Africa. Yeah, or what if was we that go other? there, I'll remember <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get there. Say, Brother, where are we at, by the way? But hopefully we can be there one day and take a team over and actually begin to teach some pastors and go out in some of those uh, rural areas and begin to instruct people in right. That's kind of exciting when you think about it. it but we want to welcome those guys. They're, they're here with us and they tune in on a delayed broadcast because of the time differential. Uh, but we love them, and they are heroes in the faith because they stand in the midst of persecution and do some tremendous things for the kingdom of God. We pray for Jeanette Cofield, Father, that just came up on our screen who's been having some ear problems, my mom and dad's friend uh, here in Florida. We just pray for her healing, her restoration, Lord God. We just rebuke the adversary who's, who's a liar, and we just ask, Lord God, that any infection, whatever it might be that's causing her physical problems, that she's healed, Lord God, because of the blood of Jesus today. Amen. Amen and amen. Good to have you. Good to have my mom and dad here. My mom and dad, it's always a blessing. They're about, what, 1,500 miles away. But uh, I was talking to her on the phone either yesterday or the day before, and she said, you know, we're not with you, but it's good to be able to tune in and, and, and get to be a part of the Bible classes every single day via the Internet. So good to have mom and dad. Love you guys and appreciate you being able to, to tune in every day. My, my dad said he never misses it. He's there, right? Bright and early, tuning in on that. So you got to remember that's my mom and dad too. That's your mom and dad too. Might have passed. Yeah, they always they they adopt everybody in, and everybody adopts them. So good to have mom and dad. As I get a sip of coffee uh, this morning, so good to have every one of you. Turn to your Bibles in in Romans chapter eight. And we're going to look at uh, verses. I want to really concentrate on 11 through 14 today. Uh, brother, have I said that how much I love the 8th chapter of the book of Romans? I, I tell you what, if you, can't, if you can't get a hold of the 8th chapter of the book of Romans and see just the dynamic plan that God has for us and just the ability that He has afforded us through His blood and through His Spirit to have victory over that sin nature, if you can't get this... And if you can't grab a hold of this and get excited and want to jump up and do a spiritual huckabuck dance, uh, you've, you've missed it, really. If you claim to be a believer and you can't grab a hold of the 8th chapter and say, you know what, man, the battle is worth it. The, the fight is worth it. That You know what, I don't care what I see, I don't care what I hear, because I know that, that God is doing something greater than my circumstance and my situation. And so literally, brother, we ought to be doing the happy dance every time we get into the, to the book of Romans in the, in the morning, because it's exciting. So, is it challenging? Absolutely, it's challenging. I don't know about you guys, but when God begins to speak through His Word, it does it. It puts things in perspective. Perspective. It puts things in perspective to the point that you can't even talk English any longer. No, it puts things to, in the perspective to the point that it does challenge you. Because I think what's happened, there's been such a diminishment in the the, the blood of Jesus and the power and the authority uh, and what it can genuinely do in our lives. And so what's happened is is this disingenuous type of religion has crept in and called itself Christianity. Folks, it's not Christianity. That dead, dry, mundane, 
thing that does not change lives is not Christianity. It is not even a reasonable facsimile of Christianity. It is a lie. It is a bogus thing that's much like uh, Galatians 1 that said it is another gospel that's not a gospel at all. If, 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 if your life is not being changed, transformed, challenged on a daily basis, what you have is not Christianity. I don't know what you... You may have a good idea. You may have some type of a mundane morality, but you do not have Christianity. Christianity will wake you up challenging and changing you. Christianity will put you to sleep changing and challenging you. All through the night, Christianity, being a follower of Christ, will challenge you on a daily basis. Why? Because what it's wanting to do is work His perfection into our life. If you think that, you know what, I'm just going to sign on the dotted line and, and go about my business, that is not what Jesus Christ came for. He came to to seek, to save that which was lost, to change and transform you, to empower you for His service, and to present us as a glorious church before His Father. And so that's what we're here for. And if you're here for something else, you can go to Stick Cam and you can chase the, uh, go look at the Rational Response crew and a bunch of other people that may offer you something else. But if you've t- tuned into this program today, what we're preaching is a gospel of power and authority and of holiness and of righteousness and of transformation, of no condemnation, uh, of one that sets free the deliverance and allows us to walk in the precepts of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, not just being a hearer of it, but a doer of it, going out and preaching the gospel, feed the hungry, clothing the naked, transforming cities and nations a person at a time as we're faithful in doing those things, and we become the first person that is changed and transformed by it. Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> amen. Okay, Romans chapter 8, verses 11 through 13. You brother, want to say, real get quick. them glasses up. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> real quick, but really stuck out yesterday... And uh just wanted you to touch on that again was first Corinthians three, sixteen and seventeen. As far as I mean that Read it. Is, You're right there. Go ahead and read that Latin. Some man I've been with us yesterday. Do you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Yeah. And that just what what hit home with you about it? what what struck a nerve with you, Pastor Terry? Well, really, you mess around with that, and you're going to get destroyed. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's no it's no game. And then you know, brother, I mean, I'll be using that on the street like man. I mean, that's, that's just <laughs> gave the brothers some more spiritual ammunition out that's there. That's just more ammo. I mean, it's uh, it's awesome, brother. You know, as, as much as a challenge it is when you begin to, to dress lost people with it, because a lot of times when we're on the street, we are. But many times we're dressing backslidden believers that have been sold such a diluted down pastel pink gospel that they think, hey, I've kind of uh, done something. I made a, a pledge to Jesus or I quote unquote got baptized or saved. I'm okay. But when you begin to look at 1 Corinthians three sixteen and 17 and you see the importance. And that's why when we got into the book of Romans, you'll remember I spent about 10 lessons, two solid weeks on taking back those aspects of looking at the temple and the tabernacle. You remember I took those because why? I knew that I was going to be in chapter 8 and we'd have to address 1 Corinthians three sixteen and 17 about the temple. And so when you go back and you look at the, 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 the nature of the Old Testament tabernacle and temple, what lessons were them? 28 like 28 to 38. So if you want to go back and listen to those and get, get a hold of that, you'll really see the importance that he put on the temple and the tabernacle as well. And we're that temple and tabernacle. That it wasn't something that you played with. It's something that he brought, got you access through the cross that was the top of that brazen altar. But once you begin to go into those holy places where he was, where his power was, I tell you what, it was a place of consecration. Because of the value that he placed upon those things. And so when it talks about that our bodies in the temple, it is that same type of value. That we've got to have a dependence upon them. And we're not just going to casually walk and, and, and press through the, 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 the tent or the veil, so to speak, and, and go into that place with just some uh, frivolous type of mentality. You've got to go in with a consecrated mentality. Walking in holiness. Walking in the Spirit of God. Otherwise, what's going to happen? You're defiling that temple and it's going to bring destruction upon you. So... Really, that's what it comes down to. It's pretty clear cut in what it says. So it ought to be a challenge to us. But at the same time, it ought to be an encouragement to us because we have so great of a salvation. I mean, think about the greatness of our salvation. Think about the empowerment that God has brought into our life and the expectancy. Because in that tabernacle, brother, was the Shekinah glory of God. In that temple was the manifest presence of God. Was where they went and it was the glory shone. It was a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. And you know where that's at now? It's inside of us. 
Folks, listen, the, the glory of God is inside of us. He has deposited His treasure, He says, in earthen vessels. We are that treasure house, that storehouse. We are that temple where the glory of God, and we now have become the pillar of fire by night. In the midst of the darkness, He has made us that light shining in darkness. We're that, that light that, 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 that shows out and, and describes His glory. We're that pillar of cloud by day. When, when people are struggling in their life, they ought to be able to look into our hearts and our lives as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there ought to be something that differentiates between that. I'm going to get into that today as we look at verse 14 in a little bit more detail than we got to yesterday. Is, is really what that means and, and how that should affect us and how it should be uh, uh, demonstrated in our lives. So verses 11 through 13 says this. It says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh, but if we uh, live after the flesh, we will die. There you go. That's the whole First uh, Corinthians thirteen fourteen. If we live after the flesh, if we defile that temple, we shall die. But you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, and you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And like I said, I want to talk just a little bit more this morning, because I, I believe it. I'm hoping that what it does, I'm believing that it's going to ignite something in you and really show you what I'm talking about and what uh, Paul the Apostle is saying right here. That uh, about this subject of being led by the Spirit, it's something that is so casually thrown out there. And, you know, people say, oh, I just want to be led by the Spirit. Many times they don't mean that. You know, they, they really don't because they don't understand what it is to be led by the Spirit. What they really mean is I want to be led by my feelings. I want to be led by, some, led by something that's titillating. Because, brother, I tell you what, you know, people say, well, you're led by the Spirit, then you know, you'll feel a peace about it. Not not always, definitely not always. But there's some things that God has told me to do, and I've had to follow the Spirit that made me completely uncomfortable. That I did not have a quote unquote any type of of rest or any type of peace or any type of confidence in in what I was doing. But I had a confidence in the voice of God. And so, if you think that being led by the Spirit is tiptoeing through the tulips and having some type of uh, of you just hovering off the ground, it's like oh everything's good and you got this 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 chiming of the angels' wings behind you, folks. Listen. Sometimes the Spirit of God will lead you right into the biggest battle of your life. He will lead you into the fiery furnace. He will lead you into things that are going to change you and transform you and cause you literally to grab a hold of Him with a reckless abandon and say, God, I've got to focus on you. I've got to hold. As Pastor Alex was talking last night, I've got to hold on. I've got to hold on to those things that God has because, listen, if I, if I ever divert my eyes or my attention or my faith away from the One who's leading me, man, I'm going to be caught up in the destructive elements of those things that are around me. And folks, that's exactly where we are. We live in a world that the Word of God says in the last days perilous times will come. And so if we're going to be led by the Spirit, He's going to lead us through those things. He's going to lead us through perilous times, through challenges, through, through circumstances that we do not understand, things that, 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 that will uh, 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 rub us the wrong way and, and cause us to decrease that He can increase. And so when we're led of the Spirit, we've we got to go in with our, with our eyes wide open and firmly fixed upon the One that is leading us. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that, what that means to believers because I think believers are, are very adapted to what it doesn't mean. That we, we, we think being led by the Spirit literally is as long as it agrees with my emotions, as long as it's appeasing with my desires, then it's got to be the Spirit of God. And folks, it couldn't be any more than that. When we are led by the Spirit, brother, the first thing that the Spirit will lead us out of is the domination of our lives by the sin nature. Okay. So I want to if you if I want to ask you that question I posed that question yesterday because it's such a an interesting question to ask is how do you know that you're being led by the spirit and you know the the look is always well I know what I want to answer but is that really what it means and so you'll know if you're led by the spirit and so start putting you a little putting you a little uh, uh, list right there if if uh, if you're being led by the spirit that you are being led out of a domination of your life by the sin nature. And so, brother, the first thing that I'll know if I'm led by the Spirit is the things that used to dominate me, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, any of those things that I used to, to desire after that were destructive and contrary to the Word of God, I'm going to be led out of their domination. Now, folks, if you claim to be a believer, if we claim to serve Jesus Christ, yet we're still dominated by those things, and, we're, and there's not this leading out, there's not this urgency to flee from those things, you are not being led of the Spirit. Period. You're being led of the flesh and you're still under the dominion and the control of the sin nature. And so we cannot follow his leading, speaking of Jesus, we can't adhere to his directives or hear his voice 
if we continue to live under the domination of the sin nature. You will not do it. You'll never follow the leading of the Spirit. You'll never walk under His directives. You'll never obey His commands. You'll never go do the things that He wants you to do. And so, if I say, let's give an example that, that hits home with, with you and I, Pastor Terry. When, when the Word of God tells us in Mark sixteen fifteen to go into all the world and preach the gospel. In order to do that, it, it, it really requires being led of the Spirit. Because it's not an easy thing to go and have to stand flat-footed in front of somebody's nightclub or, or talk to somebody that you've worked with and, and begin to, to share the Word of God. It's an uncomfortable situation because it, what it does, it, it causes our, our sin nature to want to rise up in rebellion and say, no, you're going to be uh, embarrassed or you're going to be uh, uh, rejected. You're going to do these type of things. And so if I'm not walking in the fulfillment of the Great Commission, can I say that I'm being led of the Spirit? you hear what I'm saying? And so if I'm sitting in a church pew, writing my tithe check, teaching Sunday school, uh, and, but I do not have the urgency of the Spirit to tell other people about Christ Jesus, can I say I'm being led by the Spirit? I said yesterday, and I laid the groundwork for this, I said, I know that I'm being led by the Spirit, it's because I always end up where the Spirit ends up. Right? If I'm led by Him, He's going to lead me to where He goes. Why did Jesus come, who was full of the Spirit, he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so if I'm being led of the Spirit, I'm always going to be led to lost people. I'm always going to be led to somebody that doesn't know Christ Jesus. And when I'm, when I'm led there, what am I going to do? I'm always going to present the truth to them that's going to set them free so that they can be led to the, by the Spirit, so that they can be led to other lost people, so that they can lead them to Jesus, so that they'll be led to receiving Christ, so they'll be led by the Spirit, so they'll be led to other lost people, so they'll lead them to Christ. You, you see how that works. Why do I say that? It's because Jesus came for that one purpose. He raised up disciples that were raised up for that one purpose. And we sit here now, 2,000 years later, as the testimony of what it genuinely means to be led by the Spirit. We weren't led by, by, by the, the mundane, the rudimentary teachings of men or the deadness of religion. We were led and stirred up and changed and transformed by the Spirit of God that came upon, uh, up, upon our lives. And so we can't continue to walk under the domination of sin nature that says just sit somewhere and be comfortable. Carve yourself out this little piece of heaven and just, 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 just wait and, and maybe you'll make it into the kingdom. What that becomes is literally our feeble attempt to serve two masters. And so I can't say I'm following the Spirit, but I'm not going where the Spirit is. You know, think about this. 1 Kings 18.21 says this. 1 Kings 18.21. And it says, Elijah came unto all the people and he says, How long will you be divided between two opinions? And so who was he talking to? He was talking to the children of Israel. He says, he said, If the Lord be God, then follow Him. But if Baal be your God, then follow him. And it says the people did not answer him a word. And folks, I'll say the exact same thing. How long will you be divided or halt between two opinions? How, 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 how long will you be divided between serving God and serving your flesh or trying to satisfy the longings of your sin nature and saying that you're dominated by the Spirit of God, that you're a follower of Jesus, that you're, you're a follower of Christ, that you're a Christian? If, if you're going to follow God, folks... Follow Him. And we can look in His Word, and if we're going to follow Him, we know where He goes. He goes to seek and to save the lost. He goes to, to the broken. He goes to those that are, that, are, that, are, that are in trouble. He goes to those that are in bondage. And so if I'm following after God, I'm always going to follow those things. If you want to follow God, follow God. If you want to follow the devil, follow the devil. But don't say you're following God, but you're not going where He went. Just say it, you know, confess, listen, I don't want to follow God, I'm going to do the things of the flesh, and I'm going to be under dominion to sin. You know what, I can respect that a lot better than someone saying that I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The biggest problem, I think, and the biggest turnoff that people have is Christians that are not following after Jesus, that are not walking in the demonstration of those type of things. Certainly, we get people that come here to this class on a daily basis that, that don't even understand the principles of God because of the example that's been set for them. And they've seen this wishy-washy type of thing that can't even get it together. Folks, really, we've got to come back to this place that if I'm a follower of God, that I'm going to do the things that He did, I'm going to say the things that He said, and I'm going to walk in obedience to, to, His, uh, to, to His Spirit. Something that you were thinking about on that? No, brother. Okay. And so, folks, really an exciting place to look at in regards to being led by the Spirit, I want to give you this today, is in a very familiar passage of Scripture that we've discussed a number of times during our teaching on the book of Romans. And, and here's, here's the part that we look at the most. I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 15. Ephesians 4, 11 through 15. Ephesians 4, 11 through 15. 
Now, you've heard this before, and we've talked about this before in regards to our teaching, in regards to our responsibility as ministers of the gospel. And it says this, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the nature of the fullness of Christ, that we are no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine and by the slight of men and the cunning craft whereby they lay in wait to deceive. And he says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him all things, which is the head, even Christ Jesus. Okay, I want to stop there. Also, uh, Jack, uh, if you've got questions, if you don't mind, wait until the end of it, which is Eastern Standard Time. It's about half an hour from now. I'll answer your questions. But if you'll hold those questions off until then, that would be great. But also, I'll, I'll put, we'll post a phone number and we'll have this if you want to call me directly or if you have questions after the teaching on Romans. Uh, we'll be sure to answer all of those. So, no problem. Glad that you're here. And so, brother, we, we read that and, and, and we, we always know that God has given some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors to, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But I want to jump up a couple verses and, and put that in context. And so, we read 11 through 15, but I want to go up and read 7 through, 7 and 8. In, in regards to what we're talking about, by being, uh, if we're led by the Spirit, as many led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Now, look at what it says in verses 7 and 8. It says, But every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Okay? Every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And now, what is grace? It's, it's charis in the Greek. It's the divine influence of God upon the heart and its reflection in the life. And so, if I'm led by the Spirit... I'm going to be led according to grace. I'm going to be led according to the reflection of God's influence upon my life, and it's going to produce a fruit in my life. I can, I can say that. Then Now listen to this. It says, Wherefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led, here's that word led, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto man. In other words, folks, those who had previously been held in captivity by the frailty of the sin nature and had not yet experienced the power of the resurrection, they were, that's what he, who he's talking about. He led that group captive. In other words, those that were captivated by something else are now captivated by him. Those that were dominated by something else are now dominated by him. Folks, listen, when he, is, when he ascended up on high, he brought the, the, our domination unto the sin nature. He, he arrested those things to those that will walk and be followers of him. And as a result of that, what should we be? We should be literally captivated by the will of God. We should be captivated by the Word of God. We should be captivated by the Spirit of God. We should be captivated by God's command that He puts upon our life. And if we're not captivated by those things, we're captivated by something else. And so we're not walking in the fulfillment of being the sons of God and being led by the Spirit of God. And folks, don't forget what it said. We're talking about this. When, when He ascended up on high, He led captivity captive. Don't forget verse 11. We're looking at 11 through 13 and specifically 14 this morning. But he said, If the same Spirit, if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. Now think about this. This is good stuff for you. When Jesus died and rose again, what this did was literally qualify anyone who would receive Him by faith the ability to be led by the Spirit. Okay? Prior to Jesus uh, dying and ri uh, rising again, we did not have the ability to be led by the Spirit. Literally. We did not have the ability to walk in that continual manifestation of those type of things. If you're here with us today, if you're listening to this in a delayed broadcast, if because Jesus rose from the dead, because He got out of that tomb, because He poured out His Spirit, we have the ability to walk into that place. We have He has given us the ability, and we talked about a couple of days ago, and, and, and Pastor Craig brought it up last night, that we've been given access. Now, access doesn't necessarily mean entrance. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, that uh, uh, his making it available doesn't, uh, or the availability of it doesn't pre present the ability of it. We've got to walk into those things through faith. But we are qualified to be led by the Spirit or to walk in the same... Now listen to this, brother. We're, we're, we're qualified to walk in the same power that not only conquered death, but conquered the dominating force of the sin nature. And so if I'm walking in the Spirit, you know what I'm qualified for? To be, to have the power that conquered death, but allowed him to, 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 to walk in, in, in holiness, to allow him to walk in truth, I'm qualified to have that same power. And so when you ask yourself, am I being led by the Spirit? You've got to back up and ask yourself, 
If I am, am I being dominated by the sin nature? Am I being dominated by the divine nature that's been deposited in me? So I want to, you've got to hear this. This got me excited. The same, the spirit that we are filled with and should be led by is not a lesser spirit, uh, but the same spirit that raised him up. Okay? It's not a lesser spirit. The same spirit, literally, folks, that healed the nobleman's son in John 4.46. The spirit that brought that great uh, catch of fish in Luke 5.6, that delivered the demoniac in Mark 1.26, that cleansed the leper in Luke 5.13, that, that healed the paralytic man in, nine, uh, in Matthew 9.2, that calmed the storm in Mark 4.39, that, that raised up Jericho his daughter from in Luke 8.41 that healed the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5.25 that opened the blinded eyes in uh, Matthew 9.27 that fed the 5,000 in John 6.5 that healed the deaf and dumb in Mark 7.33 and that caused literally the lifeless body of Jesus to get up out of a borrowed grave after three days in Luke 24.6 and John 10.18 that is the same spirit brother that dwells inside of us and so if we're in a situation that somebody needs to be healed that somebody is dead, that somebody is bound, that somebody is oppressed, that somebody's need to be fed, we can tap in and draw from that exact same source that there has been evidence for, that's been a, been a, uh, it, there's been a, pr- uh, uh, a precedent that has already been set that the Spirit of God has the power to produce those type of results in our life as well. And so, now I'm going to ask you the question, are you being led by the Spirit? And really, we've got to come to that place. Because how long will we be halted or divided between two opinions? As long as we're divided between two opinions, we cannot serve two masters. We'll love one, hate the other. But when we begin to get into the Word of God, and we begin to understand then what it means to be led by the Spirit, and what should be that evidence of being led by the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit, what we can do is abandon, literally, our loyalty to that sin nature and begin to adopt the principles and a passion, literally, for the things of God and say, Lord God, you know what? I'm not going to back down or back up or back off until that I know that I see that, that, that quantified and qualified evidence of the Spirit of God in my life. Are you being led by the Spirit? Absolutely. Man, I'm seeing the blind uh, eyes open. You know, when they went to Jesus and they said, John is in prison, He said, you go back and tell them that the, the gospel is being preached to the poor, that the deaf and ears are, are open, that the blind are being seen, that I'm preaching that Word. And so, folks, listen, if you're being led by, if somebody says, are you being led by the Spirit? You need to say, absolutely. Blinded eyes are being opened. Deaf and ears are hearing. The, 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 the poor are having the gospel preached to them. Then what do I know? I know that I'm being led by the Spirit because I'm going and doing and being in the place that the Spirit of God has already been. Are you getting that this morning? As a son of God, folks, being led by the Spirit, I should be dominated by the will of God so that I can go out and do the work of God. I want to say that again. As a son of God, being led by the Spirit of God, I should be dominated by the will of God so that I can go out and do the work of God. Then when I can say yes, 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 to those things, then I can say, absolutely, I'm being led by the Spirit. But the good news is, brother, he, he, allow, he, he opens up His Word. That's why I, I threw all those Scriptures out there to show you exactly what it is to be led by the Spirit and the same Spirit that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead. He gives us a blueprint. He gives us a, that hope. He gives us the, the, the mechanism to walk in that empowerment. And that should be what we're striving for, desiring for, hungry for on a daily basis. And so, uh, we'll... What you have been doing or living and experience up to that point, if we're not doing it, is literally living in a borrowed tomb for three days. And so if I'm walking and living in the Spirit, I'm walking and following after what He walked after. And so prior to that point, all I'm doing is living in a borrowed tomb. Now, brother, we can sit there and twiddle our thumbs in a borrowed tomb. And so, folks, listen. He knew... That, that he was living in a borrowed tomb. We're talking about that. He that rose from the dead led captivity captive. And you knew when you got saved that you were, that, that, that where you were was not your, your, your permanent dwelling place. Folks, if you are blood-bought, spirit-filled, if you're a doulos or a bondservant or a son and daughter of the living God, then you should walk literally in the full expectancy that you can walk free from guilt, from shame, from condemnation, and from the bondage to the trappings of the sin nature. You should be able to know that. You should be able to say that, folks. Listen, but I want to say this. When Jesus rose from the dead, the stone was not rolled away from the outside. Do you hear me? It was rolled away from the inside. 
And so your circumstance that you're in, those things that you're saying, well, I'd, I'd walk in the Spirit or I'd be led by the Spirit, but all these things. Folks, listen, your stone in your life is never going to be rolled away by the outside or by your circumstance. It's never going to be affected by those outside things. The stone that's going to be rolled away, that's going to cause you to be a, a, a genuine follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, to be, be led of the Spirit, that stone's going to be rolled away from the inside. Inside of your heart will you begin to seek Him. Why? Because verse 14 says, For as many that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Now listen, folks. I don't want to sit around in my borrowed tomb of dead religion. I don't want to sit there. Now look at this. Mark 16, chapter, uh, chapter 16, verses 1 through 6. Mark 16, verses 1 through 6. It says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene uh, and Mary the mother of James and, and, and Salome brought spices that they might come in and anoint him. And very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And upon entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. He said, You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. And you see, see the place where they laid him? Folks, listen. As we're talking about being led by the Spirit, I want to look at a few things that may help you understand Romans 8.11 and Romans 8.14. Number one, we know that they crucified Him uh, on, on Friday. And so we see here from, from verse 1 of Mark 16 that, folks, listen, the, the Sabbath had passed. It says, when the Sabbath was passed. They crucified Him on a, uh, on a Friday. And, and, brother, isn't that a bad way to start your weekend? <laughs> you know, if I'm, if I'm getting crucified on, on a Friday, you know, we're always looking for the... Everybody's working for the weekend. We're always wanting the weekend. But, but Jesus entered His weekend getting crucified, be, being, being killed upon a, on a cross, having His hands and feet pierced. But, but folks, listen, you may be living in that Friday right now. You may have experienced kind of those Friday type of moments. Those days when you're crucified and you're put in a tomb and your circumstances feel bad. Folks, i got news for you. It may be your Friday, but your Sunday is coming. Can I say that again? It may be your Friday, but those things are going to pass just like they passed right there in Mark 16 and chapter 1, chapter 16 and verse 1. Those things are going to pass and you're going to have your Sunday. You're going to have your resurrection time. You're going to have your, your opportunity to come to that place of victory over the sin nature. Now, and it says, the first thing it says, it says the Sabbath was passed. The next thing it says, it says when they looked up. Okay? When they looked up in verse 4 of Mark 16. Now, think about this. Luke 21, 25 through 28. Luke 21, 25 through 28 says this. And it says, There shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars, and upon the earth distresses of nation and perplexity with the sea and the waves uh, uh, roaring, men's hearts filling them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Brother, do we not see those things happening right now? There shall be signs. There's going to be things happening. There's going to be a, a distresses among the nations. There's going to be this perplexity. There's going to be seas and waves roaring. We've seen tsunamis. We've seen floods. We, I, I lived in New Orleans during uh, Hurricane Katrina and the subsequent flooding after the, the breaches of the levee. It says, men's hearts are going to fill them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth. They're going to begin to, 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 to lament about the, the, the oil prices. They're going to lament about the problems in the Middle East. They're going to lament about the, the political crises and they're going to lament about the instability of the economy. They're going to begin to lament about those type of things. He said that. And he says, And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And it says, And when these things come to pass, then look up. Okay? Then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh. Now, folks, if you're seeing those things that the world is lamenting over, we need to do the exact same thing that they did in Mark 16.1 when they went to that empty tomb. We need to begin to look up. Because, folks, you will never see the victory of God. You will never walk in the Spirit of God. You will never be led by the, the Spirit of God and have the domination of the divine nature upon your life until you begin to look up and to realize that your redemption is drawing nigh. When I look up, what am I doing? I'm, 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 I'm setting my affections on those 
those things that are above and not beneath. I'm not being dictated by my circumstance. I'm not being dominated by the sin nature. I'm not being influenced by those things that, that I don't have. What I'm doing is I'm looking up to that place and that place of victory, that place of righteousness, and the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead, that healed the noble man's son, that opened the deaf and ear, that caused the blind to see, that caused the lame to walk, that caused the, the demoniac to be set free, that fed the 5,000, that same Spirit. Now, when I'm looking up at that source of that Spirit, now I'm being led by that Spirit because I'm not falling into the trappings of this world, but I'm seeing the victory that He's bought for me, even the victory that comes by faith in the blood of the Son of the living God. And so that same Spirit is the same Spirit that I'm to be led by, led out of the grave of sin, led out of the grave of bondage, left out of the grave of fear, out of the grave of condemnation. Folks, sons of God have the inheritance of the Father. And when Jesus got up, amen, He indicated and He represented uh, represented the, the inheritance of the Father. When Jesus walked along the shores of Galilee and through all Judea in the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God was upon Him without measure, he, he showed us, literally, He gave us a blueprint of the inheritance of God that's for every single one of us. And so, folks, listen, we if we're going to walk in those things and, and talk about those things, we need to live those things and no longer be halt between the, the, the two opinions that we, we, we talked about in, in First Kings. Folks, listen. We've got an inheritance. And that inheritance is going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the... Excuse me. The Spirit will never lead me into confusion. The Spirit will never lead me into rebellion. It will never lead me to bitterness, unforgiveness. The Spirit will never lead me to error. It will never lead me to complacency. It will never lead me into a spiritual laziness. It will never lead me into fear or timidity or immorality. If I'm being led, if I'm in those things, I am not being led by the Spirit. The Spirit will lead me into holiness, to righteousness, to power, into boldness, into a, in a firmness in Christ Jesus. It'll lead me to the Word of God and it'll keep me in those things. Because He said those, those things that we commit to Him, He is able to keep. Why? Because my Friday has passed and my Sunday has come and now I'm a child of the empty tomb and I'm the offspring of the resurrection in life. So folks, listen, if I am walking in any of those areas, confusion, rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, false doctrine, error, complacency, fear, intimidation, immorality, if I'm walking in any of those things, I am being led there by the sin nature, not the Spirit of God. I am, I've allowed it to bridle me through the lust of my eyes, the lust of my flesh, and the pride of life, and it's riding me into a place of dominance and destruction. James 1, 13-18 says this, it says, Let no man say when he is tempted that I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted of evil, neither does He tempt any other man uh, with evil. Uh, he don't lead you into that. If the Spirit's leading you, He's not going to tempt you or lead you into evil. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lust and, 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 and enticed. Then when lust is conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, brings forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good, somebody say every good. Every good, every, good, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now listen to verse 18 of James 1. Of his own will, will beget he uh, of his own will beget he us with the word of truth. In other words, out of him has become us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Why are we beget? That we can be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Folks, you better hold on to your seats because I'm going to give you something that's going to get you excited. Especially those of you that have been with us for any length of time and have been starting. Because this is awesome. That, that word uh, uh, first fruits, write first fruits down. That word, first fruits, is the Greek word aparche. Aparche. A-P-A-R-C-H-E. A-P-A-R-C-H-E. Aparche. Aparche. Okay? And before I tell you what it means, I want to remind you of something else. We talked about Colossians 12, uh, 15 in our study. That we are buried with Him in baptism. Because what we're talking about is the same Spirit that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead, which we find there in Romans uh, 8, 11, And talking about for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And we're talk so we're talking about the Spirit that raised Him out of that place. And so Colossians 2, 12 through 15 we've talked about. That we are buried with Him in baptism. So we are identifying with the place that put Him in position for the resurrection. Okay? We are baptized with Him, buried with Him in baptism, wherein you are also risen with Him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised Him from the dead. And so there's that same Spirit that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of the flesh, hath He quickened together. If the same Spirit that raised up Christ Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it shall, what? Quicken your mortal bodies. You have been 
quickened together with Him, having forgiven all your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled what? Principalities and powers, He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Remember the word for principalities? It was arche, okay? But we're no longer bound by the arche or the beginning or who we were. But we're now the first fruits of where the app arche, okay? Man, I'm fixing to give you something. Now listen to this. You have, may have went to the tomb as an arche or bound from the beginning of, or, and, and shrouded in death, but when the Spirit of God came upon you, the arche had to give way to the ap arche. And it had to give uh, uh, way to that, that type of first fruits of His creature. Now, folks, listen. You're going to have to write this down. You're, I want you to hear this. If the arche or the beginning of who we were, our failure, our dominance to the sin nature, it gave way to the ap arche. The word aparche in the Greek literally means something superior in excellence to other things. Now, brother, when I came that, that first fruit, you know what I became? Man, I became something superior in excellence to all other things. There was no comparison to where I was. That Yeah, I had an arcade, but he, he brought me victory over the principalities, over the power. He brought me victory over who I was and what dominated my life and what I was led by. I was led by the flesh. I was led and driven by my emotions. I, I was led by my fears. I was led by confusion. I was led by unforgiveness. I was led by error. I was led by all these other things. But when I became identified with Him, according to James 1, 13-18, when, when the Father of life came down and He began to beget me with every good gift and with every perfect gift. What happened is the Word of Truth came into my life that I would be a kind of first fruits, that I would be a, a kind of aparche. I'd be kind of something superior in excellence to other things. Superior in thinking. Superior in walking. Superior in doing. Superior in knowing. Superior in following. Superior in praying. Superior in understanding the Word. Superior in preaching. Superior in winning people to Jesus. Folks, listen. Do we have a superiority complex? Yes. We should have that because when we are lost and headed to hell and bound by the sin nature and under the dominion of those things, all we walk in is the inferiority of who we were because that was where we were. Folks, listen. You may have been in that tomb for three days. You may have walked in the bondage of that. But i got news for you. Those things were just borrowed. They were borrowed from who you were. They were borrowed from your past experiences. But just like Isaiah 43 says, Remember not the former things or consider the things of old. Behold, I shall do a new thing. I shall do an app in every single one of you. Shall you not know it? I will make a pathway in the wilderness. I will make a river in the desert. I will show forth my praises and I'm going to be delightful in those things that I've called you to do. Folks, listen. Unless you wake up every single day and go to sleep at night and walk it out through the day and say, God has called me as His temple, as to that 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 17, as I'm the temple of God, that place of superiority. Brother, I tell you what, there was a reason that they put that temple upon the top of that rock. They put it upon the, 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 that stone. They wanted to be elevated. They wanted it to be a place that people looked at that building and they say it's not just like the outhouse, amen. It's not just like somebody else's dwelling place, but that is a place that's far superior. It's far superior in design. It's far superior in components. It's far superior in construction. That there is detail upon detail. It is cold and gold. It's been fashioned out of the, 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 the directive that God has put. And folks, listen, you're the exact same way. You're not just one amongst the thousands. That God said you are the apple of His eye, that He is seated with you in heavenly places, that you are something superior to Him. And until we can see the superiority that God puts in us through the blood of Jesus, and He rose us up, and that we are living a Sunday existence, we're living a day, not in Friday, that we're going through it, we're not living Saturday, hoping that something works out, but when the sun rose upon us through faith in the blood of Jesus on a Sunday, Amen, the power of the resurrection came upon our life. The power to have victory, the power to do those things, the power to see, the power to say, the power to walk, the power to forgive, the power to have boldness, the power to preach the gospel, the power to worship Him with a reckless abandon in the Spirit and the truth. Folks, listen, that is what God has brought for us. When condemnation is broken off of our life and we've got the victory in Christ Jesus, it should produce something in us. We should be zealous. We should be hungry. We should be desirous after the things of God and walk in those things. When we become the sons of God at the new birth and when we walk in the Spirit of God, through His indwelling, then as a first fruit of that apartheid, we walk in that superior excellence in all that we do for His kingdom. That's what the Word of God teaches us, and that's what we ought to be getting from verse 11, verse 14. If I'm being led by the Spirit, for as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. 
They look like Him. They act like Him. They demonstrate Him and they represent Him in everything. We become the ambassadors for Christ. Brother, there's a reason why people don't want to adopt what the Word of God says, that we're His ambassadors, that we're ministers of reconciliation. That's somebody else's job. The reason that much of the church, 96% of the church, doesn't want to follow after the, the, the directive of the Holy Spirit and be led by the Spirit and go out and win people in the kingdom. Why? Because they can't, with a straight face, say, I'm following Jesus Christ, and, 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 and people look at their life and say, listen, I'm not being demonstrative of the things of God. Folks, listen, if we're being led by the Spirit of God, we're following after and doing the things that the Spirit of God did. Romans 8 15 says this, For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father, whereby you cry out, Daddy, Daddy, whereby you, you have that intimate relationship with Him that you're calling out. Brother, you know what? My daughter is nearly 17 years old. But you know what? She'll, she'll still call me Daddy, you know? She doesn't say father or dad. You know what? She has that, that closeness and that, that childlike faith and she still refers to me as dad. My son, who's a 20 year old, six foot four man, he'll slip up sometime and I'm thinking he'll say daddy and it, and it sounds funny coming out of his mouth because he's got the deep bearded, you know, face and a voice. But folks, listen, when we have that type of intimacy with the father, listen, we've not received the spirit of bondage. Listen, I didn't get saved to walk in fear. I didn't get saved to walk in timidity. I didn't get saved to still hold on to the bondage of this world. He said in 2 Timothy 1, 6-9, he said, Therefore I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the laying on of hands. He said, For God has not given us, what? The spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He said, Be ye there not ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, His prisoner, but be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us, called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, okay, come on, but according to His own purpose and grace which is given us in Christ Jesus even before the world began. Folks, listen. I didn't get saved to walk in fear. I got saved to walk in power and of love and of a sound mind. To not just be a hearer, but a doer of those things that God has called us to. And I hope you're getting this and I hope this stuff's settling inside of you because, folks, listen. That's what the whole of Romans chapter 8 is all about. That's what Paul was trying to tell these folks. Listen, guys. You've walked in bondage. You've lived in a tomb. But the stone has been rolled away. But it's been rolled away by the person of Christ Jesus that's come up and He called you His temple that's established you. And as many as that called Himself and are the sons of God and are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Brother, we're, we're out of time. You're tired. Woo! I'm going to catch my breath here just for a second. But brother, I do. I get excited about that. Folks, and I hope that you'll get excited about those type of things. Listen, if we can't live a, a life of excitement about the things of Jesus, you know, uh, we're not being a follower of Him. Because it is exciting. We're living in exciting times. They're perilous times. But brother, they are exciting times because of the opportunities that they afford us in the kingdom of God. We're out of time here today, but listen, we're going to dive right back into this tomorrow at, at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Me and Pastor Terry is going to be here to, tomorrow. But we encourage you to, to be back and, and we'll have these available for you for download. This one, take it, burn it onto a CD, give it to somebody. Because I believe there's somebody that you know that you're talking to that needs to hear this. They need to hear this message. And I believe it's going to bring a freedom to them. We are totally out of time today. We love you and we pray for you that God will bless you and God will use you mightily. That you'll be led by the, the Spirit of God. You'll be the sons of God. And you'll do the things that He did. And you'll see the things that He saw. Like we said many times, when, uh, when I see it like He saw it, then I'll do it like He did it. We've got some advice for you today. Get into God's Word. And God's Word will get into you.